93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. This city is my city, and I love it, yeah, I love it. Get ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Glad that you have tuned in. Very honored to welcome back uh, to uh, the Eagle Studios almost one year to the date uh, from his last visit, uh, uh, Dr. Jeremy Moreland, who is the president of William Woods University. Jeremy, great to have you back. Fred, thanks so much for having me back. It's uh, great to be here. You have been a busy guy, and you uh, have accomplished <laughs> a lot in your, your first... Uh, let's see, uh, by my arithmetic there, uh, you have been there, uh, is it uh, 18 months now? It'll be two years starting in October. Okay, very good. So mm-hmm. 20 months. Uh, so good for you. Uh, that is, uh, you're certainly doing a lot. Would you mind just taking a minute and reminding our listeners about your background, where you came from? Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, in, in one form or another, I've been working for colleges and universities since I was about 18. Wow. Uh, yeah. But uh, born a born an Air Force brat in Oklahoma to a uh, Air Force flight instructor and a, a music teacher a mother and uh, grew up in Texas. And uh, studied psychology as my my original discipline, but wow. but got into administration, higher ed administration, right out of grad school. Yeah, and uh, really fell in love with the idea that I could help uh, amazing faculty everywhere uh, do an even more precise job of supporting our students and getting yep. them to their their goals and their dreams. I would suppose that your psychology background probably comes in pretty handy when you're dealing with the faculty. <laughs> <laughs> I said that, not you, right? <laughs> hey, we love our faculty. Every, every everything about yeah, them, it can but, be the tough part of the yeah. job, but but uh, yeah, that's. So, so you um, you have uh, you have been at William Woods now, coming up on two years. Uh, give us kind of a, a quick rundown on the numbers. How many students? I know that you've had a big increase in your fall class, and we'll talk about that uh, here in a second. But kind of give people a, a sort of a feel for the the size and scope of William Woods University. Sure, absolutely. Thanks again, Fred. Well, if you look back at uh, fall twenty twenty two, we had a really nice increase in our incoming. Uh, our, our first year students. Uh-huh. We used to say freshman students, but so many of those students are bringing in transfer credits oh, these yeah. days that they're technically not freshmen. Yeah, thanks to A plus and, and AP. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but it was a terrific fall. We had about fifteen hundred students mm-hmm. uh, all in at the university. About seven hundred ninety one of those were undergraduate students, so mm-hmm. working on their bachelor's degree in one form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Then the rest of those were actually uh, graduate students, so a master's mm-hmm. degree, uh, education specialist degree, or a doctor of education at that at that point. Yeah. Most of our undergrads uh, reside on campus, so they have what you might imagine as a traditional undergraduate student experience. But we also have uh, students who uh, commute in as well. And we do have, a, a, at that point, a relatively small number of students who are studying online with us as well. Okay. All right. So it's, it's, uh, uh, I am told that you're pretty excited about this incoming class of freshmen, uh, because, uh, there's, it's, it's been kind of a nice increase. Tell, tell us about that. Hey, thanks for that. Hate to steal your thunder. Well, hey, <laughs> we're always, 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 always happy to talk about the great things happening. Yeah. So fall 20. 20- Two, 2022 was a great fall for us. We yeah. had about a 40% increase year over year in those incoming 
uh, students. So wow. went from under under well under 200 students and jumped to about 267 students coming in okay. uh, last fall. And this fall, it looks like we're going to be, uh, I'm going to not give you an exact number, but we, we think we're going to be well over 300. Oh, very good. Which is very exciting. Yeah, too. good. And so help do the math. What, what kind of percentage increases that year over year? Do you know? Well, uh, last year was 40% better. Now you're chal- challenging yeah. my math oh, skills. Oh, yeah, but there here, you go. You? Okay, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, no, we, we think we think we're going to maybe maybe be approaching 30% better oh, than very last good. year. Well, that's, so that's terrific that. in just two years. That's, that's really pretty impressive and, and that's a challenge because you know uh liberal are all colleges and of course William Woods used to be a, a a women's college correct true uh now it's co-ed but uh it's it's not an easy time for uh institutions of higher education no you're you're absolutely right so it is a challenging time for institutions that have profiles like ours you mm-hmm. know amazing uh, long-term history have been focused in the liberal arts and providing an amazing foundation for, yep. for for young adults as they get ready for their careers and and uh, and beyond um and it's been a struggle for for many institutions and william woods wasn't immune to, to some of those challenges yeah uh, people point to covid19 and and uh, that being a challenge for for colleges and universities and that was certainly the case but Truth be told, uh, a lot of those declines began before, uh, yeah. well before uh, 2020. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the reasons why we're even more excited about the fact that we're we're not just steady, but we're we're growing at yeah. William Woods University. Yeah. Welcoming even more students to campus. Higher education is uh, really one of the big economic drivers in in the mid Missouri economy. Uh, last week we had on. Uh, uh, President Moon Choi from the University of Missouri System. Next week, we have Diane Lynch coming on from Stevens College. And so our, our local colleges really play a, a very big role in, in our local business community. Um, and so when you when you look at that type of growth, but when when you are thinking about some of the recruits that are coming in that are that are helping William Woods grow, um, what are the reasons that you're hearing from your recruiters uh, the, that you have out there visiting around the country, talking to high school students uh, and other other folks about William Woods University? Why, why, why are they choosing William Woods over other institutions? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they're certainly excited about a lot of our majors, which mm-hmm. uh, which are, are terrific. You know, we have cornerstone programs and equestrian studies and American Sign Language and, and ASL interpreting. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of science students these days and business students as well. But just as important or maybe more important to that, they, they really what really resonates with them is what we talk about as, as starting their careers as university educated citizens. Hmm. So my students today, my traditional age students that are joining us at 18 or 19 or 20. Yeah. will have jobs that haven't been invented yet before they're retired. Wow. So how do we help prepare them for that? Well, we listen to what employers are saying today yeah. about the job skills they need. They want them to be able to make sense out of numbers. Yeah. They want them to be able to stand and deliver in yeah. front of a in front of an audience without curling into yeah. a ball on the floor, yeah. right? How about eye contact? That we, little eye we contact. Got that covered? Yeah, that's right, good. Right. Okay. No more shoe gazing or phone gazing, right? Um and and to be able to work with <clears throat> diverse teams, right? Yeah. To be able to get in with, with people who aren't just like them and to be able to leave those in relationships stronger, having yeah. worked through difficult times. Yeah. So those are things that we really focus on at a university and that resonates with our, our students. That's one of the reasons why they're excited to to, to come yeah, it's very interesting. You know, there's a, a little blip in the birth rate going back to 2008, 2009. That's going to, uh, at least in the state of Missouri and this this region of the country, reduce the number of high school graduates that uh, we have coming to colleges. How is William Woods contending with that? Sure. No. So, so the demographic cliff of yeah. 2025 you yeah. see in in higher education publications it was a concern of of institutions well before uh, well before the the, the COVID year. Um, how, how are we dealing with it as a university? We have some some strategic uh, approaches. We're we're really focusing on 
the other part of our population, which is our graduate programs. Yeah. Uh, what isn't shrinking is is demand for for really strong master's degrees and doctoral degrees at the university. Mm-hmm. So not only are we really doubling down on our core campus experience for our undergrads and and showing some some strong growth and by the way improved retention last summer as a result of that, hmm. but really focusing on offering those degree programs that some of those same students will need later in their career as they yeah. want to dial those things in whether it's with an MBA or a doctor of education, or a PhD in leadership, which is yeah. a new program that we're excited to be offering uh, for the first time ever this fall. Yeah, let's talk about that. So it's a, a PhD in leadership, is that correct? That's correct. And is this the, the first doctoral program, or is this the first doctoral program of its kind? Great question, and this is where it starts to sound like I'm splitting academic yeah, hairs. Yeah. So we've offered a doctor of education for years. As okay. a matter of fact, we're one of the leaning uh, educators of school principals and and uh, superintendents in the state. Oh. We're very proud of that. Yeah. It's a real deep experience in graduate education in education. Yeah. The PhD is going to give us a chance to engage graduate education beyond the field of education. Hmm. So the PhD in leadership is going to welcome folks in from, sure, education, yep. uh, other social sciences, but from business, nonprofit leadership as well. Yeah. So that's, this will be the first time that we're offering a PhD uh, or a, a yeah. doctor of philosophy degree at the university. It's okay. pretty exciting. So will will people be, um, like, how long will that course take to to get your PhD? I mean, is this something that you do over a course of three years? Is it, uh, if you go full time, how quickly can you yeah, do it? Great question. So y- you nailed it. So this is a program that you can accomplish in about three years after you've mm. finished your, your master's degree that you, you bring to the university. Uh-huh. If you don't have that, by the way, we have a master's in leadership that we can help you with as well. <laughs> of course you uh, do. So we're happy to, happy to, <laughs> happy to help with, with that master's program yeah. ramping right into that PhD in leadership. Yeah. Pretty, pretty seamless experience on campus. And so about three years for those all in. And my my experience has been with with PhD leadership programs uh, at, at, at previous institu- institutions. It's a wonderfully successful program, and one of the reasons that that our graduate students really appreciate it it's a it's a chance to be able to connect across industries, mm. and they really develop a, a, a deep set of, of of peer connections that they can lean on both mm-hmm. for. Uh, tangible and emotional support yep. when you're trying to get that dissertation done yep. uh, but even even beyond as well you know we find very often when we kind of peel away the details of our relative industries we're all dealing with with many of the same challenges these yeah. days recruiting and retaining amazing employees uh creating environments that are super high performance and uh, making sure that our employees feel uh, appreciated and valued valued so they can continue to grow so is the implication that uh, you can we can fix a lot of the issues that we currently have uh, in the workplace uh, and in the marketplace with maybe some enhanced leadership skills? Is that sort of the implication? You, you've got it. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you take take a step back and look at any of the challenges of the, the 21st century, very few of those are going to be able to be solved by any single discipline. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, economists aren't going to be able to fix everything. Uh, uh, biological scientists aren't going to be able to fix everything. It's going to take collaboration across fields. Yeah. And largely at the core of these issues are a vacuum of leadership. Yeah. So our intent is to be able to, to, to impart to the nation's business uh, by uh, developing and growing leaders who understand how to apply theory that matters yeah. uh, in the workplace and organizations and in and, and, and the nation beyond. And that world has evolved dramatically in the last five, six, ten years. It just, uh, you know, as as Generation Z and, and other folks have, are coming into the workforce, uh, it really changes all the rules of the game. And I guess that the fact that that uh, uh, you're coming from a, a campus, a college campus experience, you sort of understand that generation fairly well. Um, and and so it's uh, 
so tell me where you're recruiting faculty from to, to, to teach this leadership uh, curriculum. No, oh, great, great, great question. Mm-hmm. So first of all, our faculty on campus are, are really excited about the program and, and, and formally actually advance that program for, for consideration. So, yeah. so my thanks to them for really innovating and, and, and finding this great way to extend, expend extend uh, the portfolio <laughs> my yeah. coffee's still kicking yeah. extend the portfolio programs that we can offer at the university so how we're augmenting that faculty specifically in the area of leadership uh, we have an amazing world-class faculty that we're, we're hiring and I'll I'll I'll, I'll be excited to announce that here in the next few weeks. Okay, go ahead globally, and announce it now. Globally. <laughs> I dare you. I wish I could, Fred. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. Um, but so excited to be able to share that with with you and, and community and beyond. Really, yeah. really globally recognized scholar in, in leadership education. Wow. And also, we're attracting a lot of faculty that, that I've been able to work with over the last, well, about 20 years mm-hmm. uh, in the field of leadership because they're excited to join us. They like what we're doing with with this program at this university yeah. in this region. Yeah. And so they'll be joining us uh, some some remotely, some in person for for uh, uh, doctoral experiences as well. Yeah. Now you, uh, your last gig was in Southern Florida. Is that right? It was. Okay. So, uh, how do you like these summers in in Missouri? <laughs> I love these summers. <laughs> well, I grew up in I grew up in humid Texas, so oh, I'm used yeah. to I'm used to yeah. my glasses getting steamed yeah. up when I step outside. Yeah, it's crazy. It really is. But um, how much of a culture shock was that for you to to sort of uh, go from uh, Southern? Were you in Miami actually? I, I was in, yeah. in uh, Miami Dade, absolutely. Okay, and so how much of a culture shock was that for you? Well, there <laughs> there are a lot of changes. That's that that's for sure in terms yeah. of in terms of uh, you know uh, uh, some of the some of the nuances around culture and so forth. But you know, by and large, there are so many things that are the same. Yeah, the institution I was at was was similar to William Woods University in that it had a terrific history, mm-hmm. a really really proud alumni and, and supportive community. Yeah, um, had had some challenges. Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of enrollment and and other issues that had had accreditors concerned down at, at that institution, and we were really proud of the fact that we were able to turn that around and yeah. honor the remarkable institution that that, that place was, yeah. not unlike William Woods University, mm-hmm. and make sure that we're going to be able to make sure that our our, our kids, I'm, I'm a dad, yeah. uh, and and our grandkids and our, our great grandkids are going to be able to come and attend this university as well. Yeah. I asked you this question last uh, summer, and, and and maybe you were too new to 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 know all the, or maybe the answer has changed, but. William Woods has traditionally been able to, to pull from certain geographic regions of the country and, and have had great success in years past in Oklahoma and Texas and areas like that. But tell me where students are coming from. Do you have sweet spots around the country now where you have a, a, a nice concentration of William Woods alumni and, and new new students? That's a that's a terrific question. Mm-hmm. So when I sit down in uh, Tucker Dining Hall yeah. uh, at lunch, uh, most often I'm able to sit down and join a group of students, most of whom, many of whom are from, from throughout Missouri. Yeah. Uh, so mom, dad, or maybe an hour or two max uh, yeah. away from away from campus some huh. of them tell me that's the, that that's the sweet spot yeah yeah, um, yeah. but I, I also meet students who are from throughout the united states especially our, our equestrian programs mm-hmm. are, are are known uh at least nationally yeah uh so very often i'll meet students from 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 the coasts uh, yep. who, who are here to be able to study with our, our amazing faculty in eqs we also have students from throughout the world as well yeah uh so uh international students from uh uh Let's see. Last count, I think was four other continents. Wow! Uh, so, okay. uh, you know, when you come see some some of our games, uh, come come watch us play soccer. Come come watch our amazing tennis teams. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be able to meet some students from throughout the world as well. All right. When we come back for this break, we'll talk about sports at Wayne Woods University. There's some big news to announce there. All right. Uh, also, but uh, we are visiting with Jeremy Moreland, who is the president of uh, William Woods University. And when we come back, we'll uh, talk about some new sports programs and other things that are uh, up on the horizon here at William Woods. 
Woods. All of that and more is coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry. You're listening to 93.9 The Eagle. Table show Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Thank you for tuning in. If you're with us during the first segment, you know that we have uh, Jeremy Moreland, who is the 13th president of William Woods University, and uh, a lot of exciting things happening over at William Woods. Enrollment uh, has been up uh, significantly the last two years, and uh, this incoming freshman class is, is no exception. But you recently announced that uh, you are adding some new sports to the offerings at William Woods, and, and that's pretty unusual, uh, especially for a, a college the size of William Woods and and uh, uh, so my understanding is you're adding a new men's football program and a women's flag football program. You've, you've got that right. All right. Absolutely. So tell us about uh, tell us about those two programs. Absolutely. So we're definitely excited about Woods football mm-hmm. uh, starting fall 24 uh, men's tackle and, and women's flag. OK. And, uh, you know, athletics, uh, the sport sports is such an important part of the culture at mm-hmm. William Woods University already. One out of two of our students, our undergraduate students, are student athletes. Yeah. So you're either an athlete and deeply committed to your sport and engaging, representing the university there, and getting better at what you do as you as you grow into your young adulthood, or you're a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you come to one of our soccer games, one of our basketball games, you just see amazing representation from from across the university. You're not just going to see uh, fellow athletes who always show up as, yeah. as well, but you're, but you're going to be there with your other students as well, including yeah. your, your your colleagues over from the Barnes and Equestrian Studies. You're gonna you're gonna see some of your fellow students there from science or mm-hmm. American Sign Language, and you're going to see some of your faculty and staff there as well. Yeah. Uh, so great culture on campus. It just makes sense uh, for us to be able to to grow into football both that was a, that was a high priority for you was that student experience i remember you telling me a year ago mm-hmm. uh what kind of progress have you made with student we'll talk more about football here in a second but what type of progress have you made in that overall student experience uh quotient yeah thanks thanks for asking about that fred and you know you you, you talked about some of the challenges that institutions that have similar profiles to ours ours have, have had over recent years and I think that sometimes that has to do with losing, uh, losing focus on what the experience is of, mm-hmm. of a student or another, another way to put it is being student centric. Yeah. You know, customer sometimes is a considered a cringy word yep, in yep. higher education, but or scholars is even more cringeworthy anyway, <laughs> but we won't go there right now, <laughs> but we're, we're focused on our customers yeah. who are, who are our students. You know, we have amazing faculty who, who are killing it in the classroom. They yeah. do a terrific job, and they do great a great job with scholarship and research as well. But their number one focus is excellence in that classroom. Mm-hmm. So we've said, let's make sure we engineer everything else at the university outside of that classroom to make sure we're supporting that excellent experience in and outside the classroom as well. Yeah. So we added a chief student experience officer, which is a, hmm. a fairly uh, innovative role in, in higher education. That sounds like a fun days. job. It is a, yeah, it's a party job. planner. Yeah. A party planner plus. <laughs> uh, we actually got a nod from uh, the Chronicle of Higher Education, which is the kind of the industry standard yeah. these days earlier this year for, for rolling out this, 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 this innovative role wow. as well as a couple of other colleges doing it. Yeah. You know, you see other, other industries that are focused on their chief, 
customer experience yep, um, yep, yep. and and we're we're not we're not immune to that need as well yeah so it's really allowed us to align everything about the student experience from an initial impression yep maybe when they visit a web page or engage engage in a search engine uh, about a program and maybe they haven't heard about us a lot of our students have because yeah. they're they're here by way of referral or or their parents or their grandparents yep uh, all the way to graduation at the university so yeah. all of those departments now are in uh synchrony mm-hmm. <laughs> they're working mm-hmm. together yeah. rather than sometimes unintentionally stepping on each other so that's kind of a cultural change not only uh among faculty and staff but also with mm-hmm. the students i would suppose yeah absolutely yeah. yeah so what types of things give me something specific that you've done to enhance the student experience sure absolutely so one some of these things are simple um and and you might say well gosh why why doesn't everyone do that and, yeah. you know, because it's hard sometimes yeah we make sure that what one of the great things about our institution is students have a lot of opportunities to really excel in different areas mm-hmm. so just because you're an athlete doesn't mean you can't also participate in greek life hmm. just because you're an equestrian student doesn't mean you can't also star in a theater production yeah we make sure that we're coordinating those engagements in ways that they aren't unintentionally competing with with each other, mm. and that happens sometimes when yeah. you have departments that don't have the same boss, yeah, yeah, uh, and that aren't aren't uh, as as a result of uh, uh, working together. And that's mostly a scheduling issue. Well, that sometimes it's as simple as that. Well, okay. Sometimes it's sometimes it's about resources as well. Okay. Um. So and then you know well well beyond that, it's it's also about coordinating the introduction of students to the university. Mm-hmm. So uh. We're we're uh, we're going to be uh, uh, on the air on Saturday, yeah, uh, I yeah. think. Uh, so um, uh, Friday of of the the week that we're we're talking in, yeah. we will have uh, welcomed uh, about eighty families, uh, about the fifth uh, uh, such session, yeah, <laughs> to, to to campus this summer. Kind of a summer welcome program, uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And so our chief student experience officer is, you know, you said the master party planner. I, I suppose he is. I, yeah. I like to call him an orchestra conductor. Yeah, uh, yeah. because he's at the center of admissions academics student life all of those uh organizations working together to introduce students to what their experience is going to be at the university yeah yeah um the did you change uh, did you do something different with the dining hall is that did i do i remember that right or or, or is that still the same as it always tucker you you mentioned uh, is that still the same we've we've you know tucker is an area where uh it's an important part of the student experience yeah. in the university yeah. uh it might it might look the same to you as as the last time you visited mm-hmm. it might not we, yeah. you might see some some small improvements but it's an area where we're always making changes yeah. uh working with our students we've got a student uh, council on on uh, on mm-hmm. on dining services so wow. we're touching base with students formally at yeah. least once a month yeah. informally gosh just about every day yeah uh so listening to what what they're their ideas and their feedback is about the the, the dining hall you, you, you've heard of mean tweets oh yes uh, absolutely we, we kind of have mean tweets in the dining hall <laughs> where <laughs> they're not mean our kids our, our, our students are all nice yeah. but they put up concerns and then our dining staff actually post those on a screen and then what they've done in response to that really so okay. so those concerns are really public and and everyone wow. can be aware of it and you can say you you don't like the mac and cheese and i might say i love it but yep. uh, our director yep. of dining is going to make sure that they're listening to both of us yeah interesting okay i want to go back to football and, and okay. flag football so uh what are some of the obstacles or the challenges associated with 
introducing, first of all, what division will you be in? And then uh, when you introduce a new sport like that, what are some of the challenges? Yeah, absolutely. So we're a member of NAIA as, okay. a, as a national conference. Right. And we're also a member of American Midwestern Conference okay. uh, as, a, as, an, as an institutional member for our sports. We'll likely be uh, joining another conference as a single sport institution, specifically mm. for, for, for tackle football yep. and, and flag football yep. as well, uh, which will allow us to, to maybe grow some of our relationships outside of our current conference, but but our, our AMC conference is super supportive of that as mm. well. Who are some of the opponents you'll be facing uh, for football? Well, that'll that'll maybe depend on uh, which which conference we join, okay. but you can certain, certainly imagine us uh, uh, engaging institutions that are up around Kansas City, mm. uh, into Kansas, and, and, and maybe into Oklahoma as well. Okay, very good. All right, your old stomping grounds. Good. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about um, the William Woods Global Program, and that, I think that is that a fairly new program. It is okay. It is, Tell absolutely. us about what what happens in William Woods Global. So Woods Global. So another uh, challenge for a lot of institutions mm-hmm. is they're singularly focused on what are referred to as traditional students. Mm-hmm. So eighteen, nineteen, twenty, uh, going to going to campus for a four year program, sometimes staying for five years, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and are not paying attention to what other uh, people are out there who might need an education. Uh, when we use the phrase adult adult learners, what we're really referring to is people who are working uh, mm-hmm. while, they, while they need to study. The goal of Woods Global is to be able to support uh, our efforts to, to help those working adults get their education that they need for either the current role that they have or the roles that they're aspiring to. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of businesses um, offer tuition support to their employees as they're trying to retain great employees. Uh, but they're not always clear on what institution might be a great great choice uh, for their people. So yeah. at the same time uh, that we work to um, get on the, the decision set for individuals, we're also working with employers mm-hmm. to be able to listen to what their needs are yeah. for their for their current workforce yep. and, and how we can support that in, in and out of the classroom. Now, how well. are people going to access the curriculum through Woods Global? So those are largely online courses. Okay. All right. And you know, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, we, we used to refer to online as kind of a separate, distinct, uh, novel thing. Yeah, yeah. And increasingly, when we talk especially about graduate programs, uh, graduate and online is, is going to become pretty synonymous. Yeah. You know, when I went to grad school way back in the 90s yeah. at uh, Texas Christian University, uh, I actually signed a piece of paper that said I wouldn't work for the next four years of my life. Really? Uh, as I was was wow. uh, was committed uh, full-time yeah. as, yeah. as a student at, at TCU, and I had a great experience. Mm-hmm. But that was really a in-person program that was based on a bench sciences model that just doesn't work for yeah. many adults these days. Yeah, interesting. Uh do you have campuses outside of Fulton? Uh, well, we have. Uh, now, depending on how you consider campus, yeah. and for, 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 for like those Like, do you listening. have in-classroom learning uh, outside of Fulton? So right now we we don't okay we, right. we don't we don't okay. now historically we've engaged face to face learning at almost every school yeah. district in yeah. the state yeah as we've supported teachers and and, and uh, administrators with their their masters and their EDS yeah. and EDD programs yeah but really online education and and COVID probably most certainly uh, sort of ended the necessity for those types of things I would guess you know it's it's it certainly affected the demand mm-hmm. for those kind of things yeah you know uh, a, a, an important question that we asked was did covid disrupt 
um, the interest in in face to face face to face education, and it certainly seemed to have seemed to have disrupted it. But as we've gone out and asked educators, you know, how do you want to engage us? By and large, they're they're interested in online programs yeah. these days because that's yeah. what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, certainly changes the way that uh, people learn, and that has changed as well. It sure. Has. Um, one of your programs of eminence, which I think is <laughs> is one of the the uh, programs that really probably puts William, William Woods on a global map, uh, is this equestrian studies program Mm -hmm. um you've you're getting ready to celebrate your 50th anniversary of that program which is uh pretty uh impressive and uh certainly noteworthy uh but you're also uh you've opened a a center for equine medicine tell us about that we have absolutely so 50 50 quick years isn't that amazing yeah yeah so it's so uh, prior to 50 years we were riding on campus we were mm-hmm. riding on campus for decades before that yeah but we started offering degree programs starting 50 years ago in in equestrian studies which really put us on the on the map yeah and as you said it's 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 a big part of what we're known for yeah every time i'm on an airplane i get to talk with someone about our our equestrian programs yeah, yeah. um and yes so we just recently cut the ribbon on our center for equine medicine which is uh, amazing for a couple of reasons one we have a full-time in residence veterinarian who takes care of all of our all of our horses? Yeah. Last count I got was about 130 horses on campus. Wow! So, and how many do the does the university own? So about uh, all of those. Oh, okay. So yeah. kids don't bring their own horses. Rarely, no. Okay, no, that's, very that's, interesting. That's not our. That's not how we approach okay. instruction. Hmm. Those horses are very important professors on campus. Yeah. They happen to have four legs. One hundred and thirty. Well, that's yeah. amazing. Isn't that amazing? That's that's quite a herd. So you can imagine, we need a full time veterinarian. Yeah. yeah. And even more important than than providing service to our four legged professors is. Uh, those are faculty as well. Mm-hmm. So our students come over into our Center for Equine Medicine, and they see things that they wouldn't see at other institutions mm-hmm. if they were studying uh, equestrian studies. Yeah. So they see procedures. Uh, we had a we had a colt born last summer, yeah, which was which was pretty exciting. It was named for two of the students that was that that, that were there to, to be able to help. Yeah. So our students can observe in real time a state of the art environment, clinical environment in our Center for Equine Medicine, what care for for horses looks like, and for so many of those students as they go on to professionals in 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 barns whether they're small or, or large that's going to give them great insight to be able to help take care of those uh take care of their four-legged customers yeah and so the center for equine medicine is is teaching what skills so it's a it's a live clinical space okay so we're taking care of our horses right there and as our students are over in that space we have a classroom there as well they're learning everything on the scientific side so uh <laughs> you know they're, they're they're seeing the blood studies they're seeing uh endoscopy uh yeah. of, of horses as well mm. so essentially everything that a veterinarian is doing to care for a horse they're experiencing that as a part of the curriculum including cleaning stalls well, you know that's that's earlier in the curriculum, but it continues throughout. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a important thing to learn that there's not not everybody can afford to have someone do that for you. I guess it sure yeah. is. That's yeah. a great metaphor too. Yeah, that's great. We no lie. Uh, we are visiting with Jeremy Moreland, Doctor Jeremy Moreland, who is the 13th president of Wynwood University. We've uh, recently talked about the upcoming 50th anniversary of the Equine uh, Studies Program at William Woods, and uh, we are talking also about the new football program that's going to start up in the fall of 2024. When we come back from this break, we're going to uh, talk about just sort of the some of the challenges that are facing smaller institutions of higher education and, and sort of what uh, is on the horizon for William Woods. Uh, all of that and more is coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry, visiting with Dr. Jeremy Moreland. This is the CEO Roundtable on 93.9 The Eagle.
the CEO Roundtable Show, Fred Perry, your host. We are in our third segment with Dr. Jeremy Moreland, who is the uh, president of William Woods University, talking about a lot of things that are happening and changing it at um, at William Woods. Uh, Fulton is uh, is not that sleepy little town that it used to be. There's a lot of little stuff going on. I mean, I know that a lot of people migrate over to Columbia for for dining and and so forth. But uh, how uh, how do how do your students currently? experience Fulton for I bet for some of them it's the smallest town they've ever been in uh, for some of them it is yeah yeah and yeah. so uh what do you what do you recommend for people who haven't been to Fulton in a while is there anything that you would recommend uh, <laughs> keep in mind that our um our listenership are primarily business owners but wh- where's a good place to eat in Fulton oh every place to eat is a great oh place. oh my Fulton. gosh you're a politician <laughs> aren't you <laughs> our students lo- love life in Fulton yeah and yeah. Fulton gives them such a nice warm hug when they first get on campus they yeah. always make them feel at home you know my students who are whether they're from from here in missouri or whether they're from from far-flung places in the yeah. nation or beyond they always talk about how welcome they feel uh in in fulton and, yeah and of course they have their they have their favorites right yeah whether it's the artichoke dip down at down at bex yeah. or, or whether it's the wings at the underground yeah um you know they have their favorite places to go to, to I answer like your that. there you go you, you you i thought you were going to weasel out of that but you yeah. did pretty good uh <laughs> both I, friends I, I really like that popcorn shop it's that's pretty oh cool you know i mean that's just kind of a very unique thing and somebody told me there's a new cotton candy shop down there that is uh has like you know 18 different varieties of cotton candy and i can't remember what it's called but uh i saw a short video on facebook about well it. i gotta get to the cotton candy shop yeah. i haven't been there or maybe i shouldn't but gopo is is amazing yeah. popcorn best yeah. popcorn i've had anywhere yeah and it's here in fulton missouri yeah and uh brooklyn pizza when people are actually from brooklyn you know oh, so anyway uh check out uh fulton guys it's uh, uh the brick district is really kind of an attractive area and a lot of Isn't a lot it? of small towns you know they've lost their small their downtown and and uh fulton has done a great job of, of maintaining a, a decent downtown they have they've done a wonderful job you know being again relatively new to the area i think it's i think it's stunning i now i sit on the callaway chamber of commerce oh, as, okay. as full disclosure very good so i think they've done an amazing job as yeah. well yeah. and and again our 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 students feel so welcome you'll you'll find our students in any business downtown and you'll find many of those businesses on campus when we yeah. when we have events as well so yeah. it's a great relationship yeah um i want to go back and, and talk a little bit about uh just uh the challenges associated with uh, uh institutions of higher education especially the smaller colleges diane lynch will be our guest next mm-hmm. week on the ceo roundtable and and um you know, one of the things that she has talked about in the past is is really just the uh, maybe the necessity for higher education to maybe reinvent itself. Mm-hmm. And um, and I would imagine that uh, probably a lot of institutions are, are facing that that same type of approach. But uh, tell us a little bit about some of the greatest challenges that that could be facing uh, institutions of higher education that are small. Sure, sure, absolutely. And Diane's wonderful. President mm-hmm. Lynch is a great, great colleague and, and appreciate her so much. And I agree. We've got to be focusing on reinvent, reinventing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Again, any, any business <laughs> that was 154 years old yeah. that wasn't giving a thought to how to make sure that we're serving our customers effectively. And again, I'm saying the, saying the customer word here, yeah. but that's, that's our frame of reference. Yeah. Our students are our clients. Prospective students are, are our clients as well. So we're constantly focused on making sure that we're being effectively in the teaching and learning business. Yeah. That's that's our job. Yeah. At the core of it will always be an amazing campus experience for our undergraduates. But William Woods Global is allowing us to more effectively position to serve our adult learners who need those online programs. Mm-hmm. And we position our service there from a digital first perspective. Yeah. They're not 
secondhand customers. They're not secondhand citizens because we focus on our online or on-campus students as well. Mm-hmm. We give them an experience that's customized to and a pedagogy teaching approach that's customized to the way that those those people are going to learn as adults online mm-hmm. as, as well. Yeah. So constantly focusing on who we can serve and how we can serve them better. Uh, keeping an eye on graduate programs as well as undergraduate programs and the evolving needs there mm-hmm. and making sure that we're serving those markets effectively is, is critically important. Yeah. Do you probably have to move a lot of cheese? I, I would guess that uh, change, uh, cultural change, especially in an academic environment, uh, has, is rumored to be somewhat challenging. Um, when you, you look at what sort of has to happen in the next 10 years to for William Woods to continue being a thriving institution. Uh, what are some of the changes that you're expecting? I mean, I know you can't maybe talk about them specifically, but but w- what has to change in order for William Woods to thrive 20 years from now? Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, earlier you mentioned our faculty. Mm-hmm. Our faculty are amazing partners in what we do at this institution. So imagine the, the best employees who have the deepest insight and the deepest commitment to what the business does mm-hmm. overall in terms of serving our students, and they're at the ready to be able to partner to move ahead. Yeah. So, of, of course, undeniably, this kind of change and the kind of change that we're experiencing is, is challenging, even when it's positive change. Yeah. Sometimes that's 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 a little daunting as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the word is for that emotionally, yeah. but it's, right. it's something that we experience sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. But I've got amazing partners, dozens of amazing professional partners in how we innovate. And that's how faculty think. They think, how can I more effectively serve my students next semester than I did this semester? And then that rolls up into thinking about programs. Mm -hmm. How can we, how can we evolve our programs in ways that make sense for, for our students? What types of academic programs do you expect to see growth in, in in the coming years? I mean, what, what are some things that are evolving? Uh, As you mentioned earlier, there are, uh, you're training students right now for jobs that won't even exist that don't exist right now um what 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 areas what industries what uh disciplines do you expect to see growth in well certainly the area of cybersecurity is one that's mm-hmm. that's, that's certainly a no-brainer yeah. right we hear every day about how businesses organizations governments nations are attacked yeah uh, and we need more and more cyber professionals that understand how to keep us safe yep. in the in the digital realm which has implications for the for the physical realm yeah but we're always going to be evolving in terms of how we're supporting educators mm-hmm. um so uh, better understanding how to meet uh, um di- uh, diverse student needs in terms of d- diverse cognition learning differences those are innovations that we'll always be leveraging at the undergrad and graduate level you know these days everyone's clamoring for to 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 be the 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 latest greatest artificial intelligence program oh yeah and and you know and there's something to be said for that keeping an eye on on innovations and making sure that we're providing professionals who knew a year ago that that prompt engineer so people who design (laughs) questions for artificial intelligence would be a a new job yeah sounds sounds kind of fun to me yeah a lot of us are prompt engineers in in the evenings and weekends for free yeah um but i think what we really need to do is also focus across that programmatic curriculum on the competencies that matter mm-hmm. so again listening to employers about what they're where they're seeing deficits and what they're where they're seeing greater need yeah are there companies that come in year after year and recruit from Wim woods there there are there definitely yeah. are and, and we're working on sort of growing those growing those relationships yeah. as well uh what is the uh this is kind of out of left field but sure. what is the current uh male female ratio at Wim woods yeah, it's, uh, not not out of left field, you know. But those those who <laughs> you know the us, answer then. those who have known us for years know that that we weren't co-ed until the nineties, right? And we're still about two thirds female. Okay, um, so uh, so now, that's got to be a good recruiting fact to share with men. 
well, it's part of who we are. Right. And and I think that uh, if a young man wants to to uh, develop emotional intelligence and be able to get experience communicating effectively across the genders, there's no better place to do that than than William Woods. Yeah. Well, back in the day, um, it you know if you went to William Woods, you would there was a good chance that you were going to marry somebody from Westminster. Um, and uh, uh, and then you know over the years, uh, you know there was a little hostility uh, in in years past. Uh, the the institutions became very competitive. What are the opportunities for collaboration with with Westminster College for William Woods? I mean, what what kind of relationship? Uh, how would you describe the relationship right now? Sure. Well, first and foremost, we we collaborate with them as another large employer in Fulton and Callaway County. Okay. Just as we just as we uh uh collaborate with Dan User McCann. Yeah. Right. Pretty impressive place that yeah. people don't know about it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Lo- love love them. Love Janae. Um, so first and foremost, it's that making mm-hmm. sure that we're lifting the economy together. Then I think there are other ways that we collaborate in terms of experiences and serving our alumni. Every year we, 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 we partner on making sure that we're celebrating those families that you, that you allude to. Yeah. We have so many that are what I call sort of uh, mix, mixed families. Yeah. And that, that, that maybe she, she went to the woods and, and yeah. he went to Westminster and make yeah. sure that we keep, keep celebrating those folks. Yeah. But uh, you know that said, I, th- I think we have shared interest in in, in the field. Uh, yeah. So I I frequently uh, uh, confer with the with the president there, as I do w- with others throughout the throughout the region and, and nation. Yeah, um, uh, talk a little bit about uh, the uh, when you look at William Woods, sort of uh, among your peers. Uh, when you look at uh, sort of the uh, whether it's academic or it's uh, just you know financial reputation, how are you stacking up against? The peers that you watch uh, for William Woods. Sure, sure. So uh, I'm a competitive guy, mm-hmm. and so you can imagine we we watch these we watch these numbers closely yeah. because it has has implications for our performance and our market share. Yeah, which I know you you understand yep. well. Yep. Um. And uh, we're we're doing great. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, we have what we call our sort of peer institutions yep. and and sort of an aspirational set of institutions. So yeah. the people we compete with, and the people that we'd like to compete with. Yeah. And and our eyes are on the latter. Uh, so we're, we're, we're focusing on compu- what are some of the, what are some of the metrics you use? Well, uh, so, uh, of course, certainly, you know, program, program enrollment and, okay. our, and our share yep. of that. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm interested. We're not just interested in enrolling students. We're interested in enrolling graduates. Yeah. So we focus on things like retention, uh, time to completion, uh, graduation, uh, and then either job placement or placement in a graduate program. Mm-hmm. Last summer, it was it was so exciting to see uh, my my first summer at the institution. Um, our retention numbers jumped over summer. So one of the things we measure is, um, y- you know, to put it put it simply, um, you know, wh- what proportion of students from our from our first year stick around for a second year? Yeah, because that's one of the biggest points that that colleges and universities yeah. lose lose their students. The industry hovers in the low to mid 60%. Yeah. Now, you and I can talk about whether we think that's a good number. I suspect that we mo- both might agree that that's, that's not high enough. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of reasons why students leave, and some of those are good reasons, and others are probably not. Um, yeah. When my wife worked at William Woods 30 years ago, uh, the, one of the numbers they paid attention to was something called matriculation. What in the heck is matriculation? I don't think, I think 30 years later, I still don't know what matriculation is. Sure. The way, the way I would put that is for the, the, the number of students that you capture the attention of, how many do you win the support from? Ah. So of students who, who become aware of the university, yeah. how many choose to apply to the university? Okay. 
And then those that choose to apply, how many come uh, come explore campus? Yeah. And then of those students who come explore campus, how many of them make the commitment and trust your institution with their education to come to sit in the fall for for yeah. our traditional? And students? are you watching those numbers now? Oh, we're watching them like a hawk. Yeah. And we're 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 moving them. Yeah. That's what we're doing so Very good. So as an institution, what, how is it that we're able to grow? A big part of it is we have professionals that are focused on those kind of metrics and moving them every day. Yeah. We have an amazing amazing admissions team. Uh, rolling up to and including our chief student experience officer who partner with our faculty every single day to 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 roll our students into a great experience so when uh we got about a little less than a minute but when you look at the future of wayne with university what are you most excited about I'm most excited about the fact that my great grandkids are going to be able to come to school here. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> is absolutely. that in a couple of years? Oh, no, no, not, not, not in a couple of years. Uh, but, uh, but I will so, tell you that I'm a, in addition to be president, I'm a dad and I'm yeah. proud of the fact that my, uh, my, my older daughter, uh, who just graduated high school is actually going to be joining us here in the fall. Oh, wonderful. Good for you. Well, that's yeah. great. Well, she'll, she'll, she'll keep you up to par, I would guess. Oh, she will. Absolutely. <laughs> Dr. Jeremy Moreland, president of William Woods University. Thank you for your time. Uh, and congratulations. Congratulations on your early success at William Woods. Good hey, for Fred. you, man. Thanks so much. It's been All an right. honor. Good, good to see you. We'll be back next week. Uh, Dr. Sharon Lynch. I'm sorry. Dr. Diane Lynch uh, comes uh, to us from Stevens College. Uh, she'll be here next weekend for the CEO Roundtable. So please tune in. This is Fred Perry signing off for the CEO Roundtable. You've been listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This city is my city. And I love it. Yeah, I love it.